Welcome to I'm In, the Institute of Hospitality's official podcast hosted by me, Phil Street, FIH. Today we move to education and training as we chat through apprenticeships versus universities and joining me to pull this one apart is Paul Evans, FIH, Julie Crompton, MIH and Amy Jones, AIH. As always, a massive thank you to all three of them for giving up their time and opinion. Don't forget, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, just reach out to me directly at phil.street at instituteofhospitality.org. But for now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome to the next episode of I'm In, the Institute of Hospitality's official podcast, hosted as always by me, Phil Street, FIH. And have we got a cracker for you this month as we explore the concept that what would happen if apprenticeships and universities had a fight? Who would win? But more on that later. That's maybe not quite what we're getting at, but in any case, we'll cover that later on. Uh, in the meantime, I'm once again joined by three more IOH legends to pull this one apart, who are all very kindly giving up their time to chat to me today. So, first up, from within the fellowship, we have Paul Evans, who, amongst other things, is a serving member of the current London IOH committee. Good afternoon, Phil. How are you? I'm well, sir. Very well, very well indeed. Good, good, good. Do you know what? It dawned on me when I was putting this together that I don't really know what you do. <laughs> I try not. I try, I try not to let uh, too many people know. Uh, I'd have to shoot you afterwards. So yeah. basically, after coming out of industry, after many years, I, I started off when dinosaurs roamed the earth. I was in the original Jurassic <laughs> Park and went on then into join academia some years ago. So I now Having uh, spent some time as head of school um, and recently as dean of a large organisation, I now sometimes teaching, which I enjoy a little less management and more about uh, and more about interaction with our wonderful students. And I teach on both postgraduate and undergraduate at Anglia Ruskin University in London. I also run some uh, external training courses for hospitality in terms of uh, people such as supervisors who want to uh, and uh, who want to develop into managers for the future. So uh, varied and enjoyable. So that's me, really, I guess. Uh, lots more yeah. to come. Fantastic. Yeah. And I think you you, well, you absolutely can speak to today's topic then, I, I would imagine, which we'll, I'm sure, get into uh, at some point. Where are you actually recording from today, Paul? I'm over in sunny Twickenham. The, the 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 clouds are in the sky, blue skies. A lovely day over here, which is which is great. And yes, uh, very passionate about uh, about about both apprenticeships and degrees. And uh, for for some time, I was actually looking after degree apprenticeships with Pearson's College. So I've got quite a bit of exposure there with some of the major major players in that area. Great. I, I, and I didn't even know that degree apprenticeships was a thing. Ah, you see, I'm postgraduate, so we'll, we'll we'll enlighten as we go along. I hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there we are. I uh, uh, I'm glad to have you aboard uh, on on this one, and thank you so much for giving up your time as well. Oh, my pleasure. And next up from within the MIH ranks, we have Julie Crampton, who has a long history within hospitality education by the looks of things. But again, perhaps you could fill us in on what you're currently doing. Of course. Yes. Hello. Good afternoon. Hello, everyone. Uh, so, yes, I'm um, I'm Julie Crampton. I, I think I'm, I'm a bit like Paul. I'm also probably from the Jurassic era um, as well. <laughs> so, yes, former hospitality professional uh, over 25 years, mainly mainly hotels, 
Uh, there were a couple of interesting side projects along the way, including a casino, school meal sector. And then, uh, yeah, 2012 had a bit of a, a change of, of heart, a change of career. And I became a food and beverage instructor in my old catering college where I studied. Yeah. And I, I love when stuff like that happens. Yeah, I think it, it, it really was, um, uh, what do you say, sort of not karma, but it, it was fate. Not that I'm a great yeah, believer in the, that. but The completion of the circle. <laughs> the circle. Yeah. yeah. It was something I'd, I'd always really wanted to do. I, I think I, I used to do a lot of training when I was in the industry, when I was in hotels. And, you know, the new starters, it would be, oh, work with Julie. She'll she'll show you what to do. <laughs> and um, I, from there, I, I thought, oh, maybe maybe I could teach. So that, that's the start of my teaching career, actually. And then 2014, I moved to Luxembourg, as you do. Uh, of course. Yes, uh, you know. And I, I'm now a, a, a teacher in a hotel school. It's, it's uh, not a big hotel school because Luxembourg's not a, a huge country. And I, I've taught on undergraduate courses in a private school here in Luxembourg, but now... I deliver courses in uh, what we call a BTS level. So it's kind of like an HND equivalent, but we're preparing them for university. And I've also worked a little bit with apprenticeships as well in my old job. Uh, But now, yeah, I I teach in mainly rooms division. So front office housekeeping, revenue management, um, marketing. And now this year, I've got Savoir Politesse, uh, which basically translates to etiquette. (laughs) Good manners. Yeah, there, there you go. That's me. Well, I, I, it has its place as a as a, as a thing to learn well, yes, for sure. It does. Yeah, great stuff. Okay, so, and so you're you're tuning in from Luxembourg today. I am. Yes, a very a very hot and humid Luxembourg. Oh, very nice. Well, I'd like to be there right now. Then yeah. it seems, although it's quite nice here as well, so I can't really complain. But uh, yes, thank you very much for 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 giving up your time as well. No um, and then finally, from within our AIH members, we have Amy Jones, who is a hospitality and catering assessor at Cheshire College. Have I got that right? Um, no. <laughs> no? Good stuff. There we are. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was, um, I think, like a couple of years ago. Okay, see, that's what happens when you rely on LinkedIn for your uh, your research, you see. Yeah. Um, well, enlighten us. Yes, what what are you up to these days? So uh, nowadays, I am the course lead for leadership and management, and that's at Wirral Met College. So it's a slight change in direction, but I I was yeah hospitality and catering assessor and prior to that a lecturer. So it's kind of gone a little bit of a different direction, mm. but I still do touch base with the hospitality. Of course, my my background's pastry chef when I was younger, so I'm still mm. in the kitchens when right. I get a chance kind of you know keep up to date with those kinds of skills but I began lecturing quite young I was 19 when I first got my my lecturing job so oh wow nice (laughs) so it was um it was I was pretty young so um yeah it's been a whole whirlwind yeah for sure I think there's probably there is a probably a perception that lecturing is uh for want of a better phrase an older person's game yeah definitely but you definitely have uh well you've kiboshed that one forever I know. I know the only thing is now everyone kind of goes, what? what? You know, when I say my age, I'm like, I know, I just look like 15 years older than I actually am. Because people are always so shocked. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that's me. 
Are you saying that lecturing ages you? Is that what it is? <laughs> no, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Where are you? Where are you tuning in from today? Uh, from the Wirral. Ah, oh, right. Very nice. Yeah. Excellent. Well, and how's the weather with you? Because then we've covered all the weather. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's okay. It's quite warm. It's grey, but it's warm, so I'll take it. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, I'm going to come back to you, Paul. Before we get stuck into the uh, the topic today, I always like to ask everybody why they said I'm into the Institute of Hospitality. So why did you say I'm in to the IOH? Um, back in the Jurassic Age. Oh, uh, don't forget, I, I joined it before it was the IOH. We're going back into the old HCIMA, which was the, you know, the <laughs> before we became, we elevated into this glorious uh, level that we are now. Mm. It was the pathway that professionals did. Um, everybody, you know, you, you, you joined because it... Uh, I think it not only enabled, but also demonstrated your commitment to the industry. I stayed and I've been a member for some considerable time. I think I, when I ran my own business, I think I was, I'm not sure I was then for a couple of years or was out of it for a while, simply because I was just too busy, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Didn't consider it. But now and I was chair of the Institute of Hospitality for London for some three years. And I really enjoy what the IOH does for the industry and want to give back. Great stuff. And, and same question to you, Julie. A similar story to Paul, actually. Yeah, I, I also remember HCIMA days. So we, you know, the, the hotels, the, the, the companies I worked in usually had HCMI membership. And uh, when I moved to Luxembourg, I really wanted to keep my connection with the industry, but particularly the UK industry, because I think we do a, a lot in the UK that is quite, well, innovative, I would say. Maybe we'll talk about that later. But yeah, I, yeah it was really to, to keep that, that connection. So I became a, a member of the IOH fairly recently, because again, like Paul, I, I just you know, so busy, time, everything else. But um, I enjoy the all the resources as well, the, the access to the online resources. And, you know, it, it's it, it's just well worth the membership fee um, and the, the, the global credibility that you get with the IOH as well. Yeah, totally. And I think that that feels like it is only moving in, in a positive direction at the mm. moment as well. The, the, the spotlight is on it a lot more. I think globally as well, there's a, a bit more effort around that as mm -hmm. well, uh, with lots more work to do, of course. Indeed. Brilliant. Well, thank you. And then finally, back to you again, Amy. Why did you say I'm in? Well, all because of the lovely CEO, Robert Richardson, to be honest. That's <laughs> all his fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Money well spent. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he encouraged me to kind of join when I was assessing, so a few years ago now, and it was mainly to kind of help me network with other people in the industry who were in, in the education sector. And yeah, it's really kind of supported in my career, really knowing different individuals and getting to meet and then just having those conversations of kind of what's working what's going on in the industry all the insights so yeah he, he's the main reason <laughs> yeah he's well he's got a lot to answer for that man but um <laughs> yeah in any case am i right in saying that you've uh, not long come back into membership yes correct is that right yes yeah. so what what was the the reasoning i guess around why why now why why get reinvigorated by it well, it's the same answer. <laughs> um, I just kind of 
to be honest, I went into the kitchen um, as a little part-time extra job towards the end of last year. And I just realised how much kind of the industry was still kind of recovering, to be honest, from the past few years. And I wanted to help as much as I could. And I, you know, I just thought this might be the way to get back into it a little bit as as well as my obviously different sector now that I'm in. So, yeah. Wonderful. Well, you're all very, very welcome. And uh, yeah, well, I think it's probably time to get stuck into today's topic, which, as I said at the head of the show, was um, was apprenticeships v university versus. That's not quite how we view it, of course, but uh, you've got to have a catchy title these days. So today's opening statement is very much uh, around this. Your life doesn't get better by chance. It gets better by change. And that's by uh, somebody called Jim Rohn, who is an American entrepreneur, author, motivational speaker, you name it. Uh, And I think that that line has its place in both apprenticeships and university. But uh, in any case, I just I just liked it. I love a quote. Um, so that's why it's in today. So I'm going to, I'm just going to open this question to the floor, really, and anybody can jump in that feels like they, they want to. But how do apprenticeships and university programs differ in preparing individuals from successful careers in hospitality? Difficult one. Yeah, that, that's a huge, huge difference, I think, from point of view. If I flip that around slightly, what are we looking for in industry, really, out of our, out of, you know, the people that we, we want through? Interested, uh, committed, passionate, enthusiastic. So to start with, I think that, that it's very simple that really it just depends upon the individual very much. The type yeah. of, I was trying to work out, you know, an easy an easy answer to a question like this beforehand, and realised that there there was the context of the person that's affected by that kind of decision is everything. What kind of but do you do? Are you academic? Do you um, what what kind of apprenticeship are we talking about? Vocational, managerial? What's your aspirations? Where do you want to go? What do you want to be in the future? And I think then. It's, it really is then the decision has to be made, well, okay, um, which which one is going to be more right for me? Unfortunately, I think that, that kind of messaging is, is very much lost at an earlier age because a lot of people aren't actually uh, encouraged to explore apprenticeships as much as perhaps they, they, they could do. I mean, at the moment, we've got new T levels that have come out. The government's trying to push far more vocational routes in the, instead of A levels, etc. And again, depending upon the context and your, not just your ability, but um, your motivation. I mean, I, I dropped out of, I dropped out of school of my first year of A-levels. I, I'd had enough. I didn't want to do it. I, I'd had enough of, of teaching. I was bright enough, but wanted to drop out. And I'm sure there's lots of people like that who then went on to do, I did a, an apprenticeship in a hotels, et cetera, and then went on later to do my degrees and my MBA and et cetera, et cetera. So it, it really is a, it's a mixed bag and, and perhaps there's no one answer to that. It would, again, depend upon the individual very much. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think you've nailed it, to be honest. I think we could probably just end the podcast there. Paul's answer was, as you say, pretty much nailed it there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd got something similar. I think the maybe we've had these kind of traditional views of what apprenticeships are and what university delivers, um, and maybe 
you know, I, I think it is it is changing because Paul mentioned something interesting earlier about apprenticeship uh, degree apprenticeships or apprenticeship degrees. And uh, that's something we're, we're looking into here in Luxembourg as well. But I think from when I'm talking to, to my students, I think apprenticeships, really, you get that immersion straight away. You're, you're hands on. You're, you're into your environment. I think we've often traditionally thought that apprenticeships is always going to be for the, the really kind of hands-on roles. You know, you, you're going to do, I don't know, level one chef's diploma or service, perhaps, whereas university, oh, well, you know, you've, you've got to be academic to, to go to university. And, and as Paul quite rightly said, that doesn't suit everyone. I think university can open an awful lot of doors for you you can make a lot of connections there are a lot of competitions between universities so the networking opportunities and the the contacts that you make through that I think are are invaluable I also think that a lot of employers nowadays regardless of what trades you're looking at are looking for a university degree doesn't matter what the degree is actually but they want to see a university education but our sector has never never always been about that has it it's Mm. it's always been about gaining that experience and a lot of students say to me yes but you know madame they they want me to uh, apply they want a university degree but then they want five six years experience as well yeah I think there's there's still a little bit of um, perhaps misunderstanding between sometimes perhaps industry and education a little bit or not misunderstanding. But I, I think we need to communicate a little bit better so that we can really focus on what skills we need as well and what what as teachers, what what we need to be doing maybe even it's a bit of marketing as well to to get the message out how good apprenticeships and degrees or college can be yeah i i think you you again you've hit the nail on the head there with the the word marketing i think as paul said the 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 message is getting lost somewhere Mm. it has been been lost a lot along the way somewhere and the only thing that can really fix bad messaging is is good marketing mm. and if that's what we've been poor at to, to start with then maybe that's something that we we need to look at mm. uh, as an industry amy any thoughts on anything discussed so far yeah definitely um i completely agree with, with both julie and paul it's it's one of that i mean i think for myself i mean i'm very similar to paul i i dropped out after my first year at a levels i hated all school. the best people do <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i i really did i i hate school and i had my heart that i'm going to be an architecture but i you know at the time i was working part-time in a kitchen and i had some since i was 15 and i turned around for my as results day and decided to drop out and went, no, I'm going to go cook for a living. So I'm sure you can appreciate the kind of bombshell that was dropped. Not for my family, they were completely supportive, but for my school, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a grammar school. So for someone to do that was unheard of. So it was that, and it was kind of all my friends were going to university, and I was kind of like, nope. You know, it's kind of the expectation that you do A-levels, you go to university and you get a degree, and then where do you go? I think with apprenticeships, what differs is, you could go to a do an apprenticeship and you've got the potential for a job there. You've got a qualification, mm. you're going straight into a job, whereas a lot of people get a degree, they leave university and they're, they're looking for kind of entry-level jobs or 
you know, and it's difficult. I think that's one difference. Um, I mean, I didn't do an apprenticeship again. I did them as four. I, you know, I went and worked and then later on I went and did a master's. So it's just kind of, it's looking and seeing what's best for you at that time. But it's not just for school leavers, is it? Either apprenticeships, it can be at any age. No. There's no, there's no age limit to apprenticeships and there's no age limit to university. So I think that's a key thing because a lot of people think mm. apprenticeships, it's 16, 16 to 18 year olds and it's not at all. Yeah. It's strange. I mean, and the, the other thing that I think that there has been a morph now is towards the, the university business model when the government is saying, look, guys, you have got to be able to evidence now progression into well we we use it as sort of a level level three it's called a, it's, it's basically where you've got uh, you've got manager or you've got a director in your title so the government's actually looking now at universities to say listen you're going to need to evidence to us that your students are now moving into higher level and using their degree employability in the future so what they're going to be doing is talking to students some so 15 months, three years, five years after they've left the university to say, right, what are you doing with your degree? Um, how interesting did you find it? How useful did you find it in the post in your alumni years? And with the overhanging kind of threat, so to speak, that they will look to withdraw student funding from those programs or those courses which are not able to evidence this kind of business model for the future. So you've got this dichotomy at the moment of universities sort of needing to move much more into the employability. So preparing people for their future employment rather than inverted commas academia than you've ever seen before. And I think this is where you're sort of almost coming back together again. So you've got that kind of morphed back into the old polytechnic kind of sort of modeling if you like moving back towards the center again and perhaps we're seeing more in terms of the apprenticeship moving more and more towards the requirement of the academic part of it as well which is so it's quite an in it's quite an interesting time within the ed education sphere at the moment yeah i mean that that speaks to the old um cliche of uh, the only thing that stays the same is that everything changes yeah um, and and education is no different uh, I guess from from that perspective, yeah. I mean, I think that the the thing about you've all said very relevant points around. I kind of whichever way you look at this, this is a moment in time for an individual, and that moment in time can be at any stage. Um, and you've all given examples of your own journeys with that as well. And I, even I can recount my own. I wasn't uh, engaged at school in any way, shape, or form, and actually I used university purely to get off the island that I was living on. That was really the only objective as to why um, I went to university. And that actually speaks very nicely to what the education secretary said just yesterday about people going to university because they don't know what else to do. And actually that, that was me, absolutely. So there, there's many, many different stages that you can come at this, I suppose. And equally, somebody who might not be academic at school just because they're not engaged with what they're learning Somebody can still become academic, and I suppose Paul, you're a case in point here, as you you said earlier on, because you've actually found a subject you like. As as Amy pointed out, and in fact, funny enough, Amy, I too wanted to study architecture, so we, oh, have, no way. we have we have we have a we have something in common, and I think maybe I might even do that for the future. But can I can I just pick up on? And sorry, I'm not going to take this because I want, but 
one of the interesting things which I think does slightly fall between the gap here is that concept of going to university away from I mean because we do degrees of course we do them in colleges you do them in FE we do them in town centre universities but never but I, I happen to think that that getting away you know going away for three years to find yourself to explore to become rounded human beings I, I think is sometimes it, and I don't agree with the government it's just about being about employability but the ability for someone to go away and develop as a human being in those three years and get into all sorts of trouble and also, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm sure yeah. none of us did any of that, you know, from, from there. But, you know, and become, so some say, well, do the apprenticeship. It gets you more exposure. You know, you're working and you're meeting with people, et cetera. And maybe that's good for some. But also, I think it's not to be underestimated the ability for people to develop as they do go away to university for the future. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And in fact, if I, if I'm ever lucky enough to be a, a parent, I would encourage my children to go and get a university education, but only for the life education and the, the opportunity to go and be away from the safety net of home. It's much like the principle of learning to drive, and then they, you know, as soon as you pass your test, they say, right, you're really now only going to start learning how to drive now. Similar concept in the sense that actually all of the the life learning that you get through that three years as it was for me uh, you know i would not change that for the world great yeah but that's all all very good stuff in terms of career advancement what if any i suppose how do apprenticeships and university degrees impact opportunities for growth within the hospitality sector do you see one impacting the other more or is it again is it a case of uh, it's just a, a question of the the circumstances of the moment um i'll i'll come in maybe um sure, sure. because i I'd, I'd thought about this question quite a lot um can i just say for the record by the way i didn't want to be an architect <laughs> yeah, <me neither. laughs> um, i wanted to be a patissier <laughs> so there you go there's still but, time <laughs> yes but uh yeah so there you go i my students always laugh at me when I give this answer. I think it it depends <laughs> because I think both offer huge opportunities for for career advancement. But again, it it depends it depends what direction you want to go in. I mean, I, I, again, Paul and Amy have both mentioned sort of something important. I, I think it's we talk about universities, but actually, FE colleges have have got a huge part to play in all of this as well. I mean. If we maybe I'm going off track a little bit. If we think about this from an employer's perspective, you know, imagine you can hire people who have already acquired a certain set of skills through training programs. So imagine that value for the employer because it's going to potentially reduce the the training period. Of course, there still has to be induction period and, and all of that. But there is an implied level of knowledge that students gain from either an apprenticeship or through university. But again, I think if we talk about university expectations, I think um, you can get into programs with Hilton, definitely, maybe our core uh, group as well. And you can, if you've got a hospitality tourism degree you can be fast-tracked through their training program and I think 
you can bring I, I often say to you know to to my groups you know you are the future you've you've got to look at what's what's happening what needs to change particularly after you know the the, the two years with all the the covid the shutdowns the lockdowns it's really time for change and i think apprenticeships and university can perhaps it, I don't know, shape or inspire people, you know, in, in different ways. They can see what's happening, but then, you know, they they can go out and, and perhaps make the changes that need to happen. I don't know if that makes sense. But. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I, I, I think it, effectively what you're, you're saying is that people coming through the, the, the wider system, for want of mm. a better phrase, are tomorrow's leaders you know they are they, yes. are, they are the ceos they Absolutely. are the founders they are the the people who are creating opportunity yeah. for for the industry and equally within that opportunity are maybe finding ways of solving problems that uh, that our generations have not been mm. able to solve because they're coming at it with a very different mind I suppose. exactly that yeah yeah no i think it's a, it's a really key point and and i think that that probably also doesn't necessarily speak to you have to go one way or the other um, mm. In terms of, it's not just the university students who are going to be the the leaders of tomorrow. You know, they, they, you can come to leadership at, at any stage that, exactly. that is that is appropriate. Yeah, I've been watching the program with um, Tom Kerridge's latest series yeah, behind the, the hospitality scenes yes, and cracker. the one with yeah. So he he talked about his apprentice that he's got uh, at the moment and uh, the the hand and flowers I think she is. And then um, he showed the good hotel as well, which was quite interesting as well. So it, yeah, you know, people are, have the opportunity to discover, you know, what what currently happens, but then the opportunity to to shape the future, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Paul or Amy, anything to add to that? I was thinking it. It depends. I think I think it depends on where you are at your career. So if you're at the beginning, it, you know maybe an apprenticeship is the way to go in to get you know hands-on industry experience. But maybe you've been in the industry for a while and you are looking to go into that management kind of promotion or a step up the ladder. Sometimes you know a degree or a university course, higher education course, is something that you could look at. Or you know, like Paul said earlier, an apprenticeship degree. You know, it's. It's one of those, I think it depends on what point you are in your career, that choice. Hmm. One of the, I mean, one of the things there, I mean, we haven't talked about this element of called cost as yet, and I mean, we can't be ignored because it is, it is quite huge. I mean, 9,250 per year, uh, the government's just changing the, just recently changed now, the payback period now drops at 20, I think just over 25,000, and it's a lifelong but also the interest that they're charging upon this now is just, it's just astronomical. Right. So the costs, I mean, they say that some people come out with fifty to fifty-seven thousand pounds worth of debt, and and I'll be honest with you, that was the you know the my my the reason that I, and I went when I was with Pearsons and we started up a degree apprenticeship program with Red Carnation and that did to CH and Co. I'm not sure whether they they're still going now that Pearsons has, has moved it to. I think it's Kent, but certainly for me, the ideal balance was always around degree apprenticeships, which gave people an insight into the culture of an organization, what it was like working within the organization at the same time, of course, needing to study for two days a week 
at the university to get a degree. And I've been encouraging employers for a long time now because I think we've fallen by the wayside in a lot of ways, the old trainee management, you know, positions that we used to work with in hotels particularly, but other, you know, restaurants and, and within the city, etc. Where you know, you, you, you took somebody on who was, or you took a, a number of, of trainee managers on board. They studied at the same time. You had flexible and uh, dedicated teams that you could you know, fit into areas where you may be short. They were, they were enthusiastic, committed, and at the same time, they undertook a managerial now, whether that was at degree level or level five or level four, depending upon there, but at least what you've got the opportunity there for developing people within that, within that at the same time, you, you're already making your supervisors and managers for the future. Mm. I can't help but think that there isn't, and there's not enough of this happening. A lot of the organizations you're saying like Accor, and of course, most, most of the big Hiltons will take on board and they'll go to the Gleons of the world and to La Roche and they'll go to Lausanne and they'll, they'll go to surrey and oxford and all the you know these great these great institutions producing some great hospitality students and they will try to to bring them on board on the on our programs on these these post-study programs etc it's fast tracking as you were saying through but i think there is a need for us to grow our own far more with the industry and you know it brings in oh, i have to shut up now but also because one of the <laughs> the issues we've got with accidental management within our within hospitality i think is a real problem mm. is that do, by accidental management you mean people who've who found themselves in management positions because of need for the business that they need yeah. somebody in that position well, but they're not really ready for it yeah absolutely be a good supervisor doesn't make you a good assistant restaurant manager doesn't make you a good restaurant manager necessarily or a good restaurant manager doesn't mean that you're a good food and beverage manager certainly i was a, a good operations manager I, I became eventually i hope a good general manager but not to start with it's a different skill set yeah. completely different skill set and the degree helped in that respect no and no end um, but I'll shut up and let, uh, let somebody else <laughs> have a thoughts upon that. Yeah, Julia or Amy, any, anything to add to what Paul's saying there? I agree with everything Paul said, and I too could talk for hours about that subject, but I won't. <laughs> I'm thinking the same thing. I think in all. <laughs> you, you are allowed to agree with each other. That's absolutely fine. No, yeah. I completely agree. I, I completely yeah. agree. I, I mean, mm -hmm. I see it a lot because I look after the apprenticeship, leadership and management qualifications, and then higher education as well. So I, I get a, a proper mixture through. and. I hear the same thing every time it's you know oh I thought I knew this or you know oh, I've been in I've been a manager for 20 years and so and so but then they they come on the the qualification and they kind of go oh I didn't think about it in that way or mm. you know wow mm. that's a different way to look at that or I should have dealt with this situation in a different way and it's it's kind of an eye-opener in in some ways but I completely agree yeah yeah and I suppose that coming back to the cost point as well I mean it, it's a hell of a burden for somebody to take wow. that on wow. at, at the beginning of their well the beginning of their working well, life yeah. really yeah absolutely yeah. and you know and, and you're looking at a situation whereby you know, unless you're you're lucky enough to climb the ranks very very quickly is that this hangs over your head for years and years and years to to come and i suppose then equally by the same notion are we missing out on really talented people 
who just can't go through that process because the cost is too prohibitive and they don't want to take on that level of financial responsibility going forward. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought yeah. that would be the case. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think um, because Amy and Paul said earlier as well that, you know, they, uh, I was the same. I didn't go to university, well, polytechnic in my day, actually, because at the end, the cost was too much. Okay, you know, afterwards, I, you know, I, I followed different routes into it. But um, I think here in, in Europe, you know, yes, we're very lucky. We, we do have Lausanne, we have Ferrandi, uh, La Roche, we have Bocuse Institute and, and all of that. And they are hugely expensive to get into. And mm. some, you know, again, I refer a lot to my students, but, you know, we're a small school, so I get to know them really well. And they say to me, you know, we, we simply can't afford to do another two or three years at university on, on top. And also, I know we've, we've said, you know, it doesn't matter what age you are, you can, you can go at any time. But Quite a lot of students, I think if you've just if you've just been in education until you're 16, 17 years old, or maybe even older, 18, 19, the thought of doing another three years, maybe oh, university yeah. for some people is just and and we're losing again, I think it comes back to maybe it does come back to marketing a little bit as well, but I, I, I've something that that I feel very strongly about is we need to we need to improve our <laughs> our image for one and you know make people realize that actually there are so many ways of getting into the industry that you don't have to spend nine and a half thousand a year to go to university to do that but we we need to attract people with with the right attitude with the right skill sets and yeah don't get me started because I'll just continue to talk about yeah. that for a long time <laughs> so I'll be well, quiet now I mean, and I don't know if you, uh, what you think about this particularly, Amy, is do you think that there really is a need in the industry for a hospitality degree? Oh, good question. That's a, that's a great question. Yeah, great. Um, Are you angling yeah. for my job, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 I, yeah, that, that was Phil. Thank you. Bye, Phil. Bye. <laughs> I think... If you want my complete, like my honest answer, no. I I think there is in some areas. I think there is at some levels, but I think if we are looking at someone who wants to maybe go into the industry, I think if you offered them a hospitality degree, it's not giving them a taste of the industry unless they're working in the industry alongside. I mm. think it does. I think it has to depend on on the level that they're already if they've been in the industry maybe and the reason I say that is because when I was teaching hospitality and catering they would you know come into college and they would do their course but then you know they might be working in retail or you know something else and not really you know stay in the industry for, for what it is you know they might be in lesson and, and I'd be like come on you need you need to get into the industry because it's similar to I think Phil said earlier you're driving the pest you can pass your test and you can pass the qualification, but until you're actually in it, until you're actually driving, until you're actually in the industry, you're not properly getting that experience. You're not properly learning that kind of what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think especially in, in this industry, maybe more than any other, because it is so people-centric, whatever whatever role you do within, even if you're in 
you know a, a finance role or uh, or maintenance or or whatever something that might be on the face of it perceived to not be a front facing position it's still more people centric than any other industry on the planet and you can't really give somebody that people experience in a classroom you know you just you just can't and actually that's the thing that then speaks to life experience and actually what hospitality does especially well is is train people how to be great humans that's not a formal education process that's just coming into work and doing your job uh, and learning with all of the the interesting and varied experiences that come your way on you know just an everyday shift definitely definitely yeah i mean i i've long had beliefs that the that having a career somewhere should not be about whether you can afford to have a career in it or not if it really speaks to you and it really sings to you then you know come on in the hospitality can definitely welcome you in at any stage uh, of the process and that and it doesn't have to be about the the university degree i would imagine that there are still businesses out there who still place a lot of emphasis on having a degree educated person or masters educated person in their business for from the point of view of it shows i think interest it shows that that is something that they want to learn learn about, which is which is great. I think that shows motivation. Yeah. But but saying that as an employer within uh, within hospitality for you know a billion years, I was looking for that enthusiasm and that drive and that wherewithal, etc. Much to and, and one of the conversations I have with some of my students, particularly those, and I say, well, you know, the difference between extroverts and introverts. You know, the introverts are the people that really get the work done. Us extroverts, you know, we just go and talk a lot about it. Um, <laughs> you know, and this is just trying to encourage people to, into that. It's great fun. I mean, it's a fantastic industry, and and still is. I mean, I see the young people in it at the moment, and, and it is great fun, or it should be great fun for them, particularly at that stage. And maybe that's something which we need to do in a podcast on putting the fun back into hospitality, Phil, at some stage. Yeah, yeah, um, yes. Yeah, if we take away that expense or we have that expense plus, you know, the difference. So, I mean, really, would you take that kind of money on board these days? And, you know, that kind of that debt of 57,000, 60,000, perhaps it's a tough, it's a tough gig, isn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, I suppose on the one hand, it could be that that focuses your mind, you know, if you're making that kind of outlay into your your future then you you know, you better believe that you're going to be committed to it but you know you could also get three months into it and go do you know what this is not for me yeah and it's uh yeah it's a lot to take on but um but in any case so i effectively correct me if i'm wrong but it it feels like this hybrid approach of a, a little bit of education and a little bit of practical experience it might might be the thing to focus on a hell of a lot more going forward. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at, and I mentioned earlier on the concept of, of degree apprenticeship, and certainly within there, you know, the charting to management of, of these are you know, accredited by them. And to me, they were ideal, absolutely perfect, really brilliant opportunities for people, but they were you know, not necessarily run by everybody there's you know there's they're not that widespread although there's i mean surrey west london i think sheffield hallam did, does them i know derby does perhaps also um, wolverhampton 
who else? Uh, Manchester course in Birmingham. So you've got seven universities, I think, in the country. And please forgive me if I've missed anybody or, or have been mistaken on anybody there. But certainly, you know, that's not that's not a lot. And also the number they're taken on. And do employers want to send them on there and using up, the, you know, their their um, the levy, etc. So it's again trying to encourage employers to take perhaps a different stance upon this and and go for this hybrid which 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 i think is the best route for everybody yeah and is it is that a new concept or is that a re a rehashing of an older concept what's that degree apprenticeships yeah no they've been going for some some years now I mean, about six seven years i think um, they've come through and then also into masters as well but of course, it depends upon the employer wanting to be able to send them the availability of the of that apprenticeship, who's running it, and again, uh, like like all of these, I think the universities and FE I applaud them, you know, greatly in what they're trying to do. I do have a slight disquiet about, and perhaps Amy on that, I don't know how you feel about some of the. There are some very very good apprenticeship providers who give good quality education as part of that training whether it be vocational managerial i also think there's some out there as well that you know perhaps that we have to be careful of and maybe isn't giving our industry a good name i don't know what you think yeah absolutely i think it it's so highly dependent on the the training provider the trainer down you know not even just the training provider it's right you know right down to the assessor it's so dependent on that their experience their their experience in teaching you know like it was said earlier you, you know you could be a great food and beverage manager but not a good general manager and you could be you know a great chef but not a very good teacher you know and it's it's one of those I think mm-hmm. it really does depend on having those skills aligned in order to really kind of inspire and help the next generation of these great chefs these great pastry chefs these great hospitality managers everything bartenders you know there's there's so many things that, that could come really positive out of it, but it, it is so dependent on on the training. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even the training within when somebody is in the, the, the midst of their career and, you know, they as Paul was alluding to earlier on around becoming accidental managers, that's fine. That's always going to happen. But if somebody finds themselves in that position, it's critical that they're, they're then underpinned by a level of support that they maybe didn't have before because they're not ready for the role. So they need that extra support. And that can come through the training in many forms. Yeah, absolutely. Julia, you, did you say that you were, you were going to be looking at doing these in, in Luxembourg? Yeah, we were hoping to have our first cohort this this year, starting in September. Unfortunately, I don't believe we had enough interest um, really? because we were going to be working with the University at, uh, of Metz uh, in France. And uh, so our hospitality school would... It, I didn't quite understand how it was going to work exactly, but anyway. So we're, we're still looking at that. I, I mean, I think it's a great idea. We, we, had, we had some of our students really interested in doing it as well because, again, you know, they've just spent the last... You know, they're already in their early 20s they don't want to be in education for another two, three years to get their bachelor or their master's. So to be able to, to do that while they're working was, was a, a fantastic opportunity. And of course, the cost is less. Mm. Let's, let's be honest. But unfortunately, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen this year. And it, it, that's, that's, that's a shame. 
Maybe I mean maybe just by having this conversation today, maybe we're we're putting it out there into the stratosphere for people to learn more about it. I I claim complete ignorance until I heard you say it earlier on, Paul. So I I can't be the only person in that group. And and if I I mean I think one of the not just frustrations, but one of the things I want to say because it's tough at the moment and and it's difficult, you know, the trying to drain the swamp when we're all up to their eyes in. Uh, you know, alligators, and and it's trying really hard then to say to to employers, listen, you need to think about what you're doing for the future, not not just for the short term. Mm. And you know, we don't want accident. We've got real problems with keeping people. Of or we've got real problems with numbers. We need to take people from universities, from apprenticeships, look after them, and really train them well and you know to keep hold of these these people yes. because it's not going to get any better i mean everybody's going to be going through the same thing isn't it yeah and i think that's a, that's a key thing is if everybody just keeps focusing on the short term the long-term problem will never be fixed and uh, it needs more and more people and it is a tougher route to take without question especially as you say in the face of all the extra challenges that businesses are having to take on at the moment Definitely. But, it, but it has to be done because otherwise we will we'll just find ourselves in this perpetual state of trying to put sticking plasters over problems. Yeah. And the number of people that aren't using the levy or perhaps that could get help in sending their people to on apprenticeships, on training courses, to university. It's just not being you know generated enough now. I think it's moved away more to the sort of the finance department from HR, etc. Right. So again, it's a passion of mine, but I hope hopefully we'll 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 turn a circle on this one. That wasn't coming across at all, Paul. Uh, <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Excellent. Um, any final words from anyone? Anything that you really want to get off your chest? I, I maybe there is something perhaps I would get off my chest. I don't. I, I've, I've got to think about how to uh, to to say this. Um, we're we're ready. Tactfully, tactfully. <laughs> no. Um, actually, just before I say that, just to go back to what we were talking about, about these these degree apprenticeships. But if I'm correct, there are universities, University of Derby is one, that are also offering online degrees as well, bachelor and master's, yes, I think, indeed. because yeah. it was through the Institute of Hospitality, I believe. And that's that is a way perhaps of because the cost is less uh, i know because i looked into it myself actually and um that's that's offers the opportunity to have 100% online you don't have to go to university but of course you you can work and then you you have to find you you manage your time so i just wanted to put that out there as well because i i don't know if there's other universities offering that but i think that could be a good a good opportunity for employers as well to maybe look into that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the Open University for years, of course, the, the, the only yeah. issue with online is it requires a level of academic and study maturity mm. that, you know, many people, when you're tired on a Saturday evening, the kids are driving you mad or, you know, and, and he's, he's him indoors is, you know, you're not talking or whatever it might be, you know, not, of course, any of us been in that situation, but, you know, again, it's it's tough doing online. Um, there's no doubt because it needs a certain mindset about being able to do it. So it's again, it's not for everyone, but it's, um, but it's really a good point to bring up. It, at least you know it's available. Yeah, 
absolutely was uh that was the caveat, wasn't it, Julie? Uh, not, well, that actually, wasn't the thing to get off no, that wasn't the main point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. I mean, I said I wasn't looking for sound bites, but if there is one, bring yeah. it on. <laughs> yeah, no. um, I I don't know how everybody feels about this, but we're talking about engaging with, you know, our our future hospitality stars, and we've all worked in the industry ourselves and before we went over to the dark side of of education. (laughs) But I do think there needs to be, that there still needs to be more engagement between the industry and education because there's still, for me, there is still this gap of the expectations. But also when when we do have students that enroll on on our programs, uh, most of the time they're expected to find an internship or a stage, you know, a, at the end of their their studies. And I think that, th- and this is not a criticism of the industry. That I'd just like to put that out there. But so often the reports that that we get back as the school say, you know, I've sent out fifty applications, or I've contacted all these different hotels, restaurants, or, or whatever the, the enterprise, and we just don't get any response back. And the students are almost being discouraged before they start. Mm. And I understand when you get 50 emails a day that you've got, you know, do you have any jobs? I'm looking for a, an, a, a stage or an a, internship. It's difficult if you're the only person that, if you're a small, a small business, it comes back to this communication. I, I think we're, we're kind of almost discouraging students as well sometimes be, because they think, well, is this going to be the reality? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think pr- probably that is absolutely a subject to be explored all on its own. Oh, yeah, sorry. Because you, you don't even get me started on that as a, as a recruiter uh, as well. But no, I, I hear you. And in, in actual fact, if you think, of, I always just think about it this way. If, if, a, if a guest who wanted to come and dine in your restaurant sent you an email about a booking inquiry, mm. of course, you're going to get back to them. Uh, of yep. course, because it's, it's business. We don't treat people who are going to come and work into our, into our businesses in the same way. And yet they are equally as important as, as the person who is paying the bills. So until we kind of change that mindset that, you know, anybody who has expressed an interest, you know, the least you can do is send them a, a very polite, sorry, not on this occasion. Yes, an acknowledgement. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because actually that's what we're, we're then training people that it's okay to just not respond to people. <laughs> Exactly. And and that's not a, a hospitality mindset in any way, shape, or form. There we are. One would hope. One would hope. Rant over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry about that. <laughs> excellent. No, no, no. Absolutely. I think there's been loads of great points raised today, and I think it is. It's another one of these topics that we could probably go on about all day, and still never get to the root of it. I mean, at, at the beginning of the show, I I kind of made a little joke that it was a, a you know who would win out of a fight between apprenticeships and university but the reality is is that we we need both we do need both and I, I you know and I think they can bring different things to different people at different stages of of their careers thank you very much guys for for your input today it's been a really fascinating discussion I can't believe we've been talking for an hour already thank you very much indeed yeah thank you thank you you're very welcome I wish you a good day you too bye for bye. now bye. Bye. bye I'm in 
Today's episode of I'm In covered apprenticeships versus universities and featured Amy Jones, AIH, Julie Crompton, MIH, Paul Evans, FIH, and hosted by me, Phil Street, FIH. A huge thank you goes to the IOH's very own Sonia Cresswell, MIH, for artwork and branding, and Leon Williams, FIH, for the music. To say I'm in and feature on a future episode, contact phil.street at instituteofhospitality.org. And to find out more about the Institute of Hospitality or to join our hospitality family, please click the links in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening and join us next time where we'll be discussing the importance of the front office manager.